When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I know we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but have you ever stopped to think about your money thoughts and the special powers that they have? And that might seem really airy-fairy and kind of counterintuitive to traditional personal finance advice, right? Like you do this and you get this outcome, you save more money and then you can achieve your goals. And, you know, all of those items that we're so used to reading about, listening to podcasts about, uh, you know, whether you go hear someone talk about money, whatever it is, it's never really focused around the power, the special powers, those like kick-ass superhero powers that your money thoughts have and how that impacts your bottom line, your wallet, your bank account, whatever it is for you. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking your money thoughts and their special powers with Michelle from The Holistic Wallet. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. So today's episode and Ask Shauna question, they all kind of like jive together like a really good hot fudge sundae. If you didn't know this about me, I have like a serious thing for dessert. <laughs> it's bad. It's actually bad. It's not an addiction. We're not quite on that level yet, but I'm going to tell you I've been eating super clean the last uh, month, actually, the month before my birthday, and I I do miss sweets. I do miss eating. I think my favorite sweet, if I had to name one, is probably a hot fudge sundae. Um, I love cake. I mean, who doesn't love a good brownie, a chocolate chip cookie any day Like that's warm and hot and the chocolate is like oozing out of it? I mean, that is sensational. I could go on and on about desserts, but you're not here to listen to me talk about desserts. <laughs> Maybe you are. Maybe we should just do a whole podcast about desserts. That would be really fantastic. But the point is, is that today's money question and the topic of this episode 
they really flow together. And I thought this was, you know, we talk about this topic a lot, but I feel like this is a little bit different angle. And it's so good to hear this message over and over and over again. I know personally, myself, I like to hear this message. I like to tell myself this message over and over again, because it really helps me be reassured that being smart with your money, it's not just about these strategies, these tools, these steps. It's really about the whole package. And it's really about you at the end of the day and and what you want your life to look like. So the question uh, that came in today was from Kyle. And Kyle says, love the podcast. My girlfriend and I listen to the episodes together so we can talk about them after. Yes, we're self-professed money nerds, but where else are we going to learn about this stuff? I have a sort of strange question for you. We got some patterns with our finances that we'd like to change that aren't particularly good. One of them is the amount of money we spend on eating out and we're actually not happy with it, but we've tried a bunch of different things and nothing seems to work. I'm beginning to think that we need to focus on why we were going out to eat so much and not just on harping on how expensive it is. Can you help us think about this and maybe how we can get a new habit to stick? Because we'd really like to save more money. It's not that we don't want to eat out. We'd love to eat out. We find it's a great bonding experience. But we know that it's definitely not pushing us forward. So this is a great question, Kyle, and I'm so happy you asked it. And it's certainly not a strange question. In fact, I love strange questions. The stranger, the better. They're more fun, I think, because we can hear... A different perspective and kind of hear what other people are thinking. And I don't know about you, but that just makes me feel more comfy when I have thoughts like this, like, oh, somebody else is thinking this too. But I think you kind of hit like the nail on the head. It's starting with the why before you get to the how do you actually change the habit? Because the why is the understanding, the awareness of what is going on with your finances you know, whether it's a new habit you want to set or a goal you're trying to achieve, understanding why you're doing it or, you know, what the motivation is behind it, it helps you, I think, attach to something inside of yourself, something psychological, something that uh, is that place where, where habits really start to form, you know, and hopefully here we're trying to form a good habit so that you can make a change and the change will actually stick. I think, you know, a couple of things to think about whether it's going out to eat or you can never save money or you've been trying to achieve this goal forever and it's just not not working is thinking about you know what are the limitations that cause you to do whatever money habit you're you're stuck in is it you got kids is it you've got a really tough work schedule is you're you're just like constantly stressed out like what is it that is happening to you in your life that is facilitating that negative money habit or that thing that you that you want to change that you just can't figure out how to do. And I think it's really about I mean the things that have worked for me and that that have worked with uh, with other people that I have worked with is thinking about how you can set yourself up for success. You know, if we're talking about eating out, it's how can you set yourself up for success on the weekends or even at night so you know that you can automatically win at least 80% of the time. And 80% is, uh, it's really my marker, like my barometer, because I think if you're trying to do something 100%, you're likely not going to 
fulfill that. But 80%, like, I think that makes us feel a little bit more comfortable. I don't know about you, but 80% number makes me feel a little bit better. Like, okay, there's fudge room there for me to royally mess up a couple of times and I'm still going to be okay. And it's still not going to be that big of a deal. But if I'm focused on 80% of the time, I want to either, again, if we're, if we're talking about Kyle and eating out, I want to spend X amount of money per week. I want to try to go out to eat two times instead of four times. Maybe I want to not spend so much on my morning coffee habit. Whatever it is for your particular situation, it's figuring out how you can win 80% of the time. And maybe that means prepping meals at home. Maybe that means being smarter with your grocery list or thinking about meal planning, you know, all of these things that particularly if we have like busy, crazy lives, like meal planning is the last thing we want to do. I know for me, I love cooking. I love eating food, but sometimes I'm just not in the mood to sit down and think about recipes and make a list and find out what I have in the fridge. And I just want to sit on the couch and like get sucked into something else on Netflix. I don't want to have to deal with that stuff, but I go back to thinking about, okay, how can I win 80% of the time? And if I do a little bit of legwork, then it's going to help propel me during the week pretty far ahead. So those are the things that really work for me. And, you know, finding this, this balance And this goes for any money habit that you're really trying to change. Because if you just say, okay, cold turkey, I'm never eating out again. I'm not going to eat out this week. It's not going to stick. It's not going to work because you're taking away something, obviously, that you very much enjoy. And, you know, removing those pieces of our lives just in like one fellow swoop it's going to backfire and you're probably going to end up going out to eat even more and spending even more money than if you just used that like 80% barometer for the week. That's at least going to get you somewhere closer to, okay, we're not eating out as much. We're saving some money. We're not quite there, but we can see progress. And when that progress starts happening, that's really where I think that light bulb goes off in your head and that aha moment, like, oh, wait, we can actually do this. Like we can actually create a habit around this and it might actually stick. So just a little food for thought. Great question, Kyle. There is, again, absolutely nothing strange about that question. And I think it's something that resonates with with so many of us and it flows right into the episode today with uh, talking to Michelle from The Holistic Wallet. And what I love is that she's built this whole brand around mind shifts in areas of our lives, but particularly finances. And she focuses on the money psychology to really integrate these healthy and balanced financial habits into our lives. And I don't care whether you're a money expert or not, or you're living to paycheck to paycheck, or you have a million dollars in the bank account. We all need help about how we can cultivate these healthy and and balanced habits so that we can really continue to chase after the life that we want to live with what we've got, but do it in a way that motivates us, where we feel engaged with us. Like our money isn't just dragging us along. We're in control. We're empowered to make different changes. So Michelle uses strategic planning and, and mindful coaching to really help, as she says, turn numbers into a work of art. That's really cool. As she designs holistic budgets and sustainable systems to help you pay off your past, save for your future, and enjoy the present. 
And I don't know about you, but that is a message that I can certainly get behind. Um, that's really my my whole goal in life, you know. And and I think that um, more of us should be thinking about our money in that way and thinking about okay, how do we live a balanced and healthy financial life, and how do we create like she says, sustainable systems around that. So we're moving forward. It's not like we're never going to go backwards, but at least we know how to get back to the place to move forward. So before we roll up our sleeves and dive in, a quick word to thank our podcast episode sponsor. Okay, call me crazy, but I actually love to learn new things and could be constantly taking classes and subjects that I'm really interested in and passionate about. One thing I love about podcasting as well and and listening to podcasts is that it's just this real learning experience to be able to open up my ideas to you and to listen to new ideas in a space that, I mean, let's be honest, a decade ago wouldn't have been available to us. So when my passion for learning something new swells, I turned to a great learning tool I found called Udemy. With over 65,000 courses, basically anything you want to learn about, Udemy is the largest space for online learning. I'm currently taking a class right now called Your Big Book Deal from a super cool teacher who's written and ghostwritten over 30 books, so let's just say she knows her stuff and I'm learning a lot. Udemy has something for everyone, seriously, whatever you want to learn about, and on any device, Udemy gives you access to new knowledge wherever you're at. You need to check out Udemy. They've helped so many students all over the world improve their skills, their careers, and their lives. So the question I have for you is, what do you want to learn about? They've even helped me set up this exclusive offer for my listeners. Go to ude.my slash mymoney right now and get 90% off when you sign up for classes. You will not find a better price, so sign up for classes now using my link, ude.my slash mymoney and get access to life-changing classes for 90% off and make sure you download their app for your phone so you can stream your course wherever you're at. Again, that's ude.my slash mymoney, ude.my slash mymoney. Listen, if you've been using Mint to manage your money, I have got some news for you. First, the bad news. As you might know, Mint is shutting down for good. But the good news, well, there is a way better alternative that is a personal favorite of mine, Monarch Money. And I'm not the only lover of Monarch Money. Many Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and just raving about it. I used to manage my money with an Excel spreadsheet. I know, so archaic. And it was so time consuming. I tried all of the apps but I just didn't find one I liked until I found Monarch. And I've got to tell you a secret. Monarch is so easy to use with a very intuitive design. You can even collaborate with your partner and you can customize Monarch for whatever your needs are. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Let's go back to the collaboration bit. Because we know money is a leading cause of divorce and breakups, Monarch has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. You can see all your finances, make a budget together, get insights on your cash. Yes, cue the confetti. There will literally not be any more arguments over money. And if you've been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, or rarely updated, so was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful ad-free, and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Monarch has a tool that allows you as well to easily import your data from Mint. You can keep all of your tags and all of your categories. 
After trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Financial anxiety, anyone? Yeah, you're not alone. But worrying about it, it doesn't help. Earnin does. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 per day as you work and leave an additional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So how would you spend the money you get from Earnin? Well, Honestly, my hubby and I have been feeling a little bit disconnected lately. That's what happens after you've been together about 12 years. So I would spend the money on a special date night with dinner and maybe bowling, you know, to bring back some of that giggly excitement that we both felt at the beginning. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security, gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin, T-A-L-K-A-N, money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin money under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash T-O-S for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily True Crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. So, Michelle, uh, I was really excited to have you on the podcast. You know, I feel like after reading just even snippets of your story, it's very similar to a lot of people's. You know, you graduated college, you had debt, you didn't really know how to get out of it. You know, you had some maybe not so great money habits like we all do, but you had a moment and you really turned things around for yourself. And now you have this really cool brand. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about like, like what was the secret or the magic dust that really helped you begin to kind of make changes with your finances? Well, I think I was, I had my why solidified early on. So when I had graduated into the Great Recession and I was really angry at the financial industry and I felt like, taken advantage of and that everyone else was kind of taken advantage of and we weren't really informed consumers and the system was broken and there was a lot of like angry baggage around that <laughs> so so I like was politically motivated almost to 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 understand this because I just 
wanted to reclaim my power, not just because I didn't want to be in debt, but because I didn't want to feel taken advantage of. So I, as, as monotonous and boring and difficult to understand, like I kind of felt like I was reading Spanish sometimes and I don't speak Spanish. It was like, I, I made myself get through it because I was so committed to understanding this stuff that was supposedly so difficult. Um, if, because I also worked in the financial industry and, and then I worked with people who weren't, um, brilliant. <laughs> they were quite the opposite <laughs> of brilliant. And, um, and, and if they could do this, like, and if they could be responsible for like hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, like I, I could figure this out. Like I, I wasn't, you know, I, if they could do it, I could too. So yeah, you, you just brought up like so many good points. Um, I like to just rewind for a second and I, I'd love to know a little bit more about, you know, I, I'm sort of on that, um, I guess I'm called a zennial on that, you know, Gen X millennial border. And so although, you know, I went through the the Great Recession and obviously, you know, had a, had an impact, I wasn't graduating college right at that particular moment in time. I'd love to know just like a little bit, like, was this something that, you know, you and your friends like talked about a lot of like, wow, like we're graduating and like everything is really shitty right now. Or, yeah. um, you know, was this like, something like you were just so like fired up about, um, you know, that there wasn't a lot of opportunity or maybe that things that things that were tough. Yeah. Well, I think like starting college, my mentality going into it and, and I guess what everyone was saying, cause we were like in this bubble at that point, I started college like 2005, 2006. And we were talking like, it, it was this idea that you just go to college, you get a good job and then you pay for all your debt. Like, and debt's just the fact of life. It, every, it's going to be, it's fine. Don't worry about it because you'll have a job and you'll pay what you can. And it's totally cool. Um, and then, so I did that and I, and I'm in college and all of a sudden, like <laughs> everything exploded <laughs> and, and it was like, wait a second, like now we have like a lot of debt, you know, like, like we didn't have houses, but we had student loans that were like close to massive. Mortgage, yeah. <laughs> and, and then it was like, well, well, we have to pay this back and this you can't file bankruptcy for, right? Like, I'm mean, not that yes. anyone really was aware of that until later after like post-graduation then I was like wait what like you can all that stuff gets wiped out but not your student loans that's pretty crazy but it feels like a conspiracy doesn't yeah, it it's, it's, <laughs> it feels like hum this is interesting yeah it feels like a trap and and it just like all these things it it's very disillusioned it's like that, that the disillusionment of everything you thought you knew like everything you took for a fact isn't real like it, it was actually just like a possibility it wasn't set stone and then you just kind of question everything after that yeah I mean that's such a great point I think because because you're right like we all grow up kind of thinking this like linear progression of things you know mm -hmm. we graduate high school we go to college we graduate college we get a good job you know from there either we get married or we buy a house or whatever like we think this kind of linear way about life and I can imagine like how kind of gypped you would feel if you know you're you're in the middle of college you know 19 20 years old whatever and it's like wait a minute it, that whole illusion now is getting blown away, you know, and um, 
you know, I mean, for me, it was certainly like late 20s, early 30s, where I life started to get really rocky for me. But I can't imagine like, what that would have been like at, at that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And it was funny, because I was fortunate enough. And by fortunate, I'm a, I was actually unfortunate, because most of my friends didn't have to work while they were in college. They didn't, I don't even think many of them had student loans. Um, their parents were a little bit well off and more prepared than my parents were. Um, so they, and they went to like Ivy league, like the well-named, well, well, uh, good name schools. And, uh, and I didn't, like I went to a state school and I paid my way and I had to work while I was going through college. And so I had a foot in the door. So I like when the recession happened, I was still kind of cheap labor. I was in, working in the financial industry. Uh, I was only making like around $10 an hour. So if there were layoffs, I probably wasn't going to be the one getting cut. But my friends didn't have that foot in the door. So when they graduated and like expected to get a job and just make good, like they, they just needed money right. to just have nice apartments in Manhattan. Like they just, it wasn't so much that like they had bills to pay or anything like that. It's just, they wanted to continue living their lives on their own and not have to, you know, move back in with mom and dad. And, uh, so yeah, so I, I was a little bit more, the way that my life went was like, I had some money coming in. Um, and I had a little bit more experience in what that's like to have that kind of cash flow, um, and, and learning how to, budget, even though I wasn't budgeting, I was just kind of like, well, do I have money in my checking account? Yes. No. (laughs) Right. But you had, you had, you you know, that's a good point. Like you had some experience at least, even if it was like on a small level with kind of operating in the real world and, and taking care of yourself. Yeah. So I love this idea of, um, I know your, your, your blog, your company is called holistic wallet. I love this concept. It's something that's like really near and dear to my heart because I think it's a message that we don't hear enough about that the idea of money is really about having this holistic life and not just about who can accumulate the most money because you know I've been a financial planner for over 12 years and I've seen some people who have a lot of money and they are absolutely not happy. I mean, sure, they go on trips, they buy nice cars, they may have Rolexes and whatever it is. But, uh, you know, I think that there's not enough messaging out there, particularly with social media and, and you know, reality stars and everything is what that's happening. You know, how did you come up with the idea of Holistic Wallet? And like, what does that really mean to you? Well, when I was in the financial industry, I was working with a lot of middle managers and I was, I was rising through the ranks. and. I wanted to make a lot of money. Like I was, I had, I was offered a full-time job. Um, I was, I ha- like, I was good at what I did and I was, I had um, a lot of earning potential there. So I, the reason why I stuck around because it wasn't something that I really cared to do, but I, a ment- I had a mentor who was basically like, take the money and do what you want outside of this place. So I, so like, that was like the seed that was kind of planted for me where I was like, okay, what do I want to do with my life with this money? It wasn't just so much like have lots of money. And I just, I just (laughs) wasn't like, I, I, I'm not interested in like cars and clothes and like the fancy things. The thing that I spent a lot of money on was like personal care, like acupuncture and 
taking care of my body and like that kind of stuff. Um, I lived in New York City, so I had like the arts and lots of stuff to spend money yeah. on <laughs> and um so like I wanted to spend money on that stuff but I like when I looked around at my coworkers, they had the cars and the kids and the all the expenses that come with kids and all the um the clothes and and just like the eating out all the time and and getting a new tv for every bedroom and every deck and like just lots and lots of stuff and they were and whether they could afford it or not they were still super stressed and they felt super handcuffed to these jobs and they were not happy and things weren't always great and and they didn't really feel like they could leave or, or make any changes in their career because they were so they needed this this salary and I so that was basically like seeing how unhappy they all were was kind of like motivation for me to make sure that my money went towards things that were actually important to me and like making sure that I got clear on what actually, like what was the, what the life looked like that I actually wanted to be living outside of just earning this money. Yeah, exactly. So the, the money can then be a mechanism to help you live like whatever version of life you want to live without it having to be copycat of everyone else with, you know, massive amount of stuff and kind of all that you know, all that stuff, I guess I would say. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. There's no better word than than stuff. Um, stuff yeah. Do you feel, uh, you're obviously, you know, a little bit younger than I am. Uh, do you feel like that idea of, you know, not necessarily um, coveting, you know, a lot of stuff and maybe spending your money on, you know, healthier things, like you said, acupuncture and I don't know whether, you know, yoga classes and juices and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Do you feel like that is, you know, really something that is a differentiator between like the true younger millennial generation and any of the other generations? Or is that just, is that just an anomaly? That's just where we're at now in our life and culture. Well, I think, I guess based on, I, like, I know that I, we, there was, there are stereotypes about millennials with like the, the avocado toast and, and stuff like that. <laughs> sure. <know>? Sure. <laughs> but I think, you know, we, we look at, we're, we want to see like how much power we can have. I think we're, we're very caught up in, in in being in power with our uh, like being our best selves and that, and that kind of stuff. Especially seeing like you know growing up with we didn't really grow up, but like graduating into uh, social media and like seeing all these edited lives and with the internet and, and everything like that. Um, so we there's there's a lot more pressure on us i think like there's a lot more influence to to be our quote unquote best selves um but so like whereas in the past like the pressures were elsewhere it was like you didn't see uh what someone was eating you just you saw like right. they were driving <laughs> right like so true and you know what they did was you know taking their like chauffeuring their kids from soccer practice and stuff whereas now you see people like doing the other things outside of, of work where like going to the movies or going to a concert or stuff like that. So I guess, I don't know. Like I'm not, sh like I know there's definitely stereotypes, but I'm not sure um, if that's like 
culture, like a right, yeah. nur- nature or nurture type of thing. Yeah, no, no, it's just a curious question. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I think and another thing that I like a lot about this whole idea around, you know, holistic and uh, hold on a sec, I got to clear my throat. <laughs> <clears> throat> All right. So I, th- I think another thing I like about this concept around, you know, being holistic, uh, particularly when it comes to your bank account, and your money is the piece that you talk a lot about, which is, you know, the psychology around money, which I feel like people don't, there's not enough conversation about it. Probably uh, my podcast listeners are getting tired of me, like feel like I'm beating a dead horse about this, but it really is, you know, so powerful to how you engage and and manage your finances and just your overall kind of outlook on on your finances. You know, what about that resonates with you? I I've tried to do things. So like when I when I made that pivotal pivotal moment in uh my financial life when I got a handle on things and learned everything and, and got like actively and consciously involved, it wasn't like all of a sudden it just clicked. Like I, it was like, I knew what I was supposed to be doing with my, my money. I knew it was the right thing, the, the fiscally responsible thing. I knew I was learning all of those things, but I still couldn't get myself to do them. So because of that, I was like, it, like the, we're like the life hacking generation, I guess, like where, where it was like, well, how do you right. get this to work? <laughs> and that was where like the psychology came into play and just basic habit changing. So, and and this, like the stuff that I do with money now, it's applicable to physical health or mental health or like a work-life balance or, or just changing any bad habit that like looking at your ex's Facebook page, like that kind of stuff, changing any habit. <laughs> Which is not a good idea. <laughs> I'm just going to say. But it's not, I mean, maybe, maybe that might help be helpful to someone to like motivate them to do something, but like we all have different um, true motivations and we're like unique little snowflakes right so figuring out like how habits work which is basically like the cue the routine and the reward and like what we're craving to drive that cycle is all that like if we can figure out where like what we're craving and what our reward is and how to get the same reward from a different routine like like feeling wealthier right like if you, if you want to feel wealthier the way I used to feel wealthy was by buying a lot of stuff. Like I was like a shopaholic while I was in college before the recession. And I like having lots of stuff made me feel secure and wealthy and prosperous and stuff. But I was able to flip that around and that like, if I saved money, I could also feel wealthy and safe and secure and prosperous and and that kind of stuff. So, um, but if I wasn't able to do that, if I just tried to like, instead of eating the chocolate cake, eat the apple and like get a different reward from that. Like that wasn't what I was craving. Right. So how, like, how do you get yourself to keep eating that apple when all you want is the chocolate cake? Right. <laughs> That's a very good analogy. Yeah. Um, I am definitely a, a dessertaholic. So yeah. that resonates with me. Um, so, you know, how would somebody, I mean, what would you tell somebody if they're, if they're in that situation? Like they, they have this habit, they know it's not great and they, they want to change it, but like nothing that they've done seems to work, like particularly when it comes to their finances. Like, how do you even begin to make those shifts? A lot of it is just being mindful in the beginning. So being conscious of how you're feeling, like what feelings are coming up, like not judging anything, not saying like, oh, this is bad or this is good. Just seeing what comes up um, and not like resisting it, not fighting it. And 
like letting yourself be and letting yourself like make those mistakes. So like letting yourself go into a target and, and buy something that, you know, isn't necessarily on your shopping list and, and seeing like, why am I doing that? Or like, what, like, what am I feeling in this moment? And, and staying conscious of that, like when you get home and you put that thing away and are you going to use it again? How does that make you feel when you're not using it? You know, how do you feel when you're paying a bill? And, and, and that's what I find is what motivates us to get those things to stick is where we, when we realize this is what feels good, this is what doesn't feel good. Or even though I, I thought this felt good, it actually turns out it doesn't feel that good. So how to like, and then that's where the problem solving comes into play. So it's, it's a process. It's not like, I think, you know, we, we look and there's, there's personal finance blogs and all these like life hacks and stuff. And this is how you do things, but we're all different. We all have different motivations. We have different money stories. So at the, the sooner we just get conscious of that, the other pieces will kind of fall into place. It does take some coaxing and, and, uh, you know, it helps to like have someone to talk about that stuff with and, and kind of get some other, you know, feedback on, okay, this is what I want to do. How do I like maneuver this so that I'm getting the same reward with a different routine, but it's, but ultimately it, it just starts with being mindful of how we're feeling. And like, because a lot of the, the personal finance stuff teaches us logic and it teaches us like rules and, and, and strategies and stuff. But, and it says like, to do that, you have to ignore your emotions and just overcome your emotions. Whereas my mentality and my approach to this, which I find has been very effective for me and my clients has been, no, embrace those emotions, like use those emotions to your benefit. So like, if you feel scared, use that to your benefit. If you feel happy, use that to your benefit, like pursue how you want to feel and changing how you want to feel rather than like trying to act like a money robot and make your financial decisions around like logic and as if you're not a human because ultimately you are a human. So, right. Yeah. And, and so do you think like, it's just, you know, is this something like somebody should journal about or like, how would they keep track of, you know, like what are the things that make me feel good or don't make me feel good so that they have like some way to, to reflect on that or have some sort of awareness of really, you know, what those things are over, you know, some given period of time. Yeah, I recommend like tracking your spending and or, or tracking all your expenses, even like all your bills and, and that stuff and, and how you feel like if you're feeling grateful for that, if you're feeling resentful of it, if you're like, oh, this is a mistake doing it, like doing that in the moment and then like coming back to that in 30 days and seeing how you feel about that again. And I've done this with expenses where, I mean, there are things that I bought at Target that I was like, this is life changing. I'm so excited <laughs> to, to use this journal. I just got, I, this happened to me last week. I got a new microwavable journal that you can <laughs> scan onto an app and I'm like, oh, this is going to change my life. And now I'm like, actually, what? the pen it came with, like, this is not, I'm not enjoying this at all. So on my spending tracker, it's, I have two very different, uh, <laughs> Uh, state of mind that you know coming to when I first put it on the spending tracker I was very uh, grateful for it and now I'm like eh, I'm kind of neutral at this point so seeing that and then like you know it's, it's like collecting data and like going back to your data and seeing like okay like this didn't actually pan out as much as I as, as positive as I thought it was going to so maybe the next time when I'm in the journal aisle of Target I'm gonna like keep my cool 
And remember that how many journals have I gone neutral on over the years, right? Like, <laughs> They're so addictive, though, aren't they? They've got like all the clever sayings on them. Like you just yeah. want to reach for them. They're so pretty. It's so, oh, it's so hard. Really <laughs> so hard. I totally. And, and Target is just a hard place regardless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you brought up a like a good point in that discussion that, you know, uh, there are so many blogs. I was just looking up the other day, and I think on Google there was something like 836 million uh, search results came up when I typed in personal finance blogs. Um, so obviously there's not that many personal finance blogs, but you know a lot of articles about the top 50, the top 100. You should read that one. You should read this one. You know, and there's there's just like so much information, which is good. It's great that they're you know, is, I mean, when I graduated college, there wasn't this type of information. So you had to either find somebody to help you or you just had to like figure it out yourself. And of course, there's still that element of it, you know, that figuring out that yourself. But, you know, I find that it's still this kind of taboo topic. Like there's still a stigma around talking about money or hiring someone to help you with your money. Or, you know, we don't want to talk about the bad stuff. You know, we don't go to dinner with our friends and we're like, oh my God, I, you know, I just bought my sixth journal that I'm not going to use and now I'm over budget or whatever, maybe. Uh, you know, why do you, why do you think this is? Like, do you think there's ever going to be kind of a shift in this where we're more open about our money or it's just just something like human nature this is just something where there's just so much like fear and shame and all those like negative emotions tied up yeah it's a very charged topic and it's been passed down from generation to generation and every generation has their own experiences with it and i am hopeful that we talk about it more the way that especially with the internet and blogs and social media and that kind of stuff I do see that people are starting to talk about it a little more, or at least there's more, it's becoming less of a taboo um, in certain corners of the internet, right? Yes. Um, like here, right? And people listening to this. So, and I think the more that we hear stories about people's struggles and not just like being preached to about this stuff, like I, I find that people are more likely to, be less judgmental of themselves. And then like that takes the pressure off to kind of do better and to like, just make an make an effort, like knowing that this is a, like, it's a process. It's a long process to like unlearn decades of information that we've been fed from like our society and our families and our schools and advertisements and, and everything. So it's, we definitely have our work cut out for us. And like, like rewriting all that stuff, but that goes for anything, right? That and but I do think that that money is becoming a little bit less of a taboo topic because we have like the CFPB and and we have some more like we have the internet that like people can look stuff up and like you can Google a definition for something you know without needing a book on finance to you know to go to the library and figuring out right. like what that's just so much of a yeah. process <laughs> <laughs> not worth it right but but like you can google like what's an amortization schedule or like all the acronyms that like go into buying a mortgage you know, or, or borrowing a mortgage you know? yes just so yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Even when you understand it, you're still like, what? Yeah. Um, so I know, I mean, you're doing a lot to, you know, help people and, and further this conversation. Tell me a little bit more about like Holistic Wallet and kind of the work you do with people and, you know, uh, the passion that you have for that. Yeah, so I love to work with people who are passionate about their impact in the world and just want to like monetize that, not necessarily through their line of work, but with the money that they earn, whether it's they are, they're working in their passion field or they're just like me, we're working in the financial industry and try to do right by that money. Um, I am in the transitionary stage of getting rid of the holistic wallet. Um, so I'll be just solely working as Michelle Bobrow for the uh, going forward, but it's basically all this. I like to help people come up with plans. The, like the financial strategies are, are the easy part. I find it's coming up with the psychological strat strategies and tactics to overwrite those bad habits so that you can put that money that you work so hard to earn towards the stuff you love and like funding that life that you actually want to be living, not just like keeping up with the Joneses. Such a good point. Okay. So I have a couple of uh, little sort of fast round questions. Um, I'd love to go through just to kind of get to know you a little bit better before we end the episode. Um, yep. So if you're game. Uh, okay. So for, oh. first question, you know, a little bit light and fluffy here, but you know, are you an ice cream girl or cake girl? Ice cream. Ice cream. But, hmm. Yes, but dairy-free ice cream. Dairy-free. Okay. Any particular ice cream like flavor is just your favorite or, or any? The So Delicious has this cashew caramel cluster that is my current favorite. It could change, but that's my favorite right, right now. So. <laughs> With dessert, it can change. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, what was the last podcast you listened to? The last podcast I listened to was Planet Money uh, about LeBron James being underpaid, which was fascinating because he was <laughs> that is yeah. fascinating being yeah, underpaid. Yeah, yeah, he's I was like, oh, that's underpaid. Okay, he's now come to uh, come to yeah, my city. <laughs> We're not quite sure how we feel about that yet, but uh, we will see. <laughs> the jury is out. <laughs> Um, okay, if you were granted a special power where you could fix one thing in society, what would it be? Gender pay and equity. That would be that would that's my like big fix. That that if I had a magic power, I would totally fix that. Because it's still very much a problem, no matter yeah. how much we want to think it isn't. Yeah, it is still yeah. I am still commonly referred to sometimes as a secretary or honey or this or that, you know, and it's just you, I look at people like with just these big, like shocked eyes. I cannot believe that like, we're still using that language and thinking about women in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. I, I'm like, and I was a woman studies major in college. I am flabbergasted that this still goes on, but, um, and then the pay inequities that, I, when I left the corp, when I left uh, financial um, banking, I was making less than sixty-five percent of the men around me with the same title and less experience. So, so there you go. Yep. 
I'm a yes, little bitter. You so. have every right to be. And I think most women are standing right next to you for sure. Um, okay, yeah. last question. What is your, or what has been, I should say, your favorite all-time splurge? Oh, man. It's a lot of my favorites are like not splurges. They're like $5 purchases. Um, my favorite favorite splurge would probably be my business. I spent a lot of money on my business and I love it very much. So I'm going to go with that. That's a good splurge. I love that. And that splurge helps other people. So, you know, that's a good one. Awesome. All right. So tell listeners where they can go to connect with you, find out more information, find out how to work with you. So you can find me at theholisticwallet.com. And if that changes by the time you listen to this episode, it will forward you elsewhere. And uh, you can follow, find me on Instagram at the handle holistic wallet. So if you love this episode, do me a favor, share it with your friends, shout it out on social media, subscribe to the podcast in any podcast player that you listen to, and head on over to the link in the show notes to leave us a review. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.